Verse number one, chapter five, the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter five. And I'm going to read slow because I want you to follow along if you don't have your Bibles. And you can read and follow along. Are these not working up here? Are we getting there? We are. Okay. So if you don't have a Bible, then you ought to carry your sword with you. What a great word shot today on the buckler. The buckler. He is our buckler. He protects our weapons of war, our God. Follow along as I read. Verse number one. Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. For they consider not that they do evil. Be not rash with thy mouth and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven and thou art upon earth. Therefore, let thy words be few. For a dream cometh through the multitude of business, and a fool's voice is known by the multitude of words. When thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to keep it, for he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better is it that thou shouldest not vow thou shouldest vow and not pay. Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin. Neither say thou before the angel that it was an error. Wherefore should God be angry at thy voice and destroy the work of thine hands? For in the multitude of dreams and many words there are also the divers vanities but fear thou God. If thou seest the oppression of the poor and the violent perverting of judgment and justice in a province, marvel not at the matter. For he that is higher than the highest regardeth, and there be higher than they. I would like to draw our attention to that eighth verse for a little while this morning. If thou seest the oppression of the poor and the violent perverting of judgment and justice in a province, marvel not at the matter. For he that is higher than the highest regardeth, and there is and there be higher than they. And I want to preach to you from that word or phrase, marvel not at the matter. Marvel not. Savior, have your way today in our hearts and our lives. Let the word of God be effective. Anoint our hearts and anoint my lips, I pray, that we could receive the word of God and utter that which you would have for us today. Reveal truth to every heart. Bring direction to every life. 
and unfold your perfect will. And I pray this in the name of the Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. You may be seated. God bless you. The word marvel means to show or experience great surprise or admiration. So he said, don't be surprised at the matter. When we look at our society and what's going on with the perverting of judgment and justice in our world, he said, don't be surprised at the matter. For there is one that's higher than the highest and there be higher than they. So what he's really telling us is trust in God in all that you do. We have a lot of voices in our world that are saying a lot of things today. Don't be surprised at the matter. We're at the end of the world. Confusion is going to be everywhere. Somewhere you need to drive your stake down firm and plant yourself in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and be confirmed, be conf uh, be. Uh, be, uh, be able to confirm in your own mind what you believe and stand strong for the truth that is imparted to us. In this passage of Scripture, it really could be played out today. There are many things to teach in this chapter, of course. Paying a vow, making sure you do what you're supposed to do. Be careful of the words and the multitude of words and Understand what the Bible's trying to help us to live by. Most of the Old Testament is stories and history, but Proverbs and Ecclesiastes are books of wisdom and gives us direction in many areas. This passage of Scripture was plain when it said, Marvel not at the matter. Don't be dismayed, don't be dis don't be surprised at what's going on around you. Don't lose hope because of politicians. Don't lose hope because of society. Don't lose hope because of the trends of the world. Be firmly planted in the gospel of Jesus Christ and know what he wants for you today through the preached word of God. So he said, marvel not at the matter of all the perverting of judgment and justice because there's always a higher power than they that think they're the highest. Because the highest of the highest, there's always one that is higher than them. I just want to ask you the question today before I get to started too far. Do you really believe in the highest God, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, Jesus Christ? Do you really believe him? Because if you really believe him today, you're going to be okay. If you really trust in him and his word, you'll be okay through the chaotic world that we live in. It's not just America. It's the world. It's not just one province or one nation. It is the entire world that is searching for an answer and a hope. United Nations was an outcropping of another organization that was really proved useless. And it almost seems like today the United Nations is becoming 
a useless world organization with no teeth, no ability to bring peace. But let me just tell you also that nothing in our world is going to bring peace to mankind that has perverted judgment and justice. Nothing is going to bring peace to them. Nothing is going to bring peace to our world except the one that is the highest of all, that is Jesus Christ our Lord. Do you love him today? Do you love him today? So he said, don't be surprised at the matter. I'm reading from the book of 1 John chapter 3, verse number 11. For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of the wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him. Because of his own works, they were evil. And his brother was righteous. Here's the two battles. One is against evil. The other is for righteousness. And here he explains it well by Cain and Abel. He said you should love one another not as Cain who was of the wicked one and slew his brother. Where, wherefore did he slay him? Why, did there, why was there a battle that ensued? It was because his own works were evil and his brother's work was righteous. And then 13th verse, the writer says, and the phrase comes back, don't be surprised, brethren, if the world hate you. You're not of the world. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. That's why clothing is important. Mental attitude is important. Where you go is important. We're in the world, but not of the world. Why should we be a partaker of the world if their own works are evil and we're struggling and fighting for righteousness? I say we stand for righteousness and we stand for truth. Marvel not. Don't be surprised that the world hates you. When you go out into the world and you're dressed like a Christian, your attire, your attitude, your conversation, all is Christian, marvel not. Don't be surprised that the world hates you. You might as well get an attitude that they hated Jesus so much they crucified him. I am no less. I am not worthy to live. But I want you to know that there is a God that is above all gods. There is a God that is above all the highest of priorities, the highest of politicians, and the wisest of men in our world. There's one that's called Jesus that we live for today, and our hearts are wrapped up in him. Somebody ought to shout amen. He said, marvel not that the world hates you. You might as well make up your mind as time gets going farther into progression of time that the world's going to get worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. It's going to get worse and worse in the world. 
the greatest sanctuary and hope is found in the church of Jesus Christ. I'm so glad I'm a part of it today. I'm not arrogant when I say it, and I'm not trying to be boastful when I say it. I'm just saying that the church of Jesus Christ is the best part of our world today, and I'm glad I'm a part of it. I love Jesus with all of my heart. I love my God more than anything in the world, and I want to live for him. Marvel not, my friend. Don't be surprised if the world hates you. Now, Jesus was surprised a couple of times. Mark 6 and 5 said he could do there no mighty work save that he had laid hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went round about the village teaching. He was surprised that in his own hometown, his own area of fellowship and upbringing, he marveled that there was no faith there. He was surprised at their unbelief. There were times that Jesus marveled or was surprised at humanity. Another situation was the centurion's faith. Mark, Matthew, the eighth chapter, the eighth verse, the centurion answered, and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my foot, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say unto this man, Go, and go he goeth to another, come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled. He was surprised and said, I have not found such great faith. The reason I chose these two illustrations today was he marveled at the unbelief of those that were supposed to be close to him and he marveled at the faith of a Gentile, a Roman soldier that could have even been at this crucifixion or at least he might have known that a Roman soldier was after him. So he marveled. He was surprised at the faith of the Gentile and he was surprised at the unbelief of Jewish people are the closest of his associates. I want to proclaim to you today, I don't want the Lord to be surprised at my unbelief. I want to believe him. He was surprised that the Gentiles had faith. And he was surprised that those around him had unbelief. He marveled at each situation. I say to you today, we should never let the Lord be discouraged about us. You say, can he be? Yes, because he was man. He understands what is in man. Jesus wondered with amazement and was surprised at the Gentiles' faith. A Roman soldier probably had a hundred men or so under him. He was a centurion. He was a soldier of the Gentile Roman army. And God was marveling at his faith. And he was marveling at the unbelief 
of his family, associates, and close friends in the city he was raised in, the Jewish town of Nazareth. Can I preach to you a little while today and help you understand that there are things that we should never be surprised at? We should never be surprised at what's going on in our world. The Apostle Paul wrote these words in Galatians 1 and verse 6. He said, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ into another gospel. I am surprised. He was looking at his own followers. He was looking at the churches of Galatia, several churches of Galatia that had mounted somewhat of a, of a resistance against the preaching and said, I marvel, I'm surprised that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. And then he went on to state with emphatic words, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which was preached unto you, let him be accursed. He was surprised after teaching and preaching to the churches of Galatia that some were so soon removed. Now I must say that at times I am surprised to watch somebody get a full experience of the Holy Ghost and are so soon removed from it. I too am surprised. I too marvel that God's gift could be so poured out upon somebody that they would walk away from the one that died for them. I'm here to tell you today, I love God. You love God. This church loves Jesus. This church worships the one true God. Let's not be surprised at whatever happens. Make up your mind that I'm living for God no matter who does or who doesn't. I'm living for God no matter who says something about me or doesn't say something about me. I'm living for God because I made up my mind. It's my personal battle, and I'm going to win it. I'm going to overcome it. I am not going to let things surprise me in the world. We preach unto them. We teach them. And yet some walk away without a hope and go back to a world of confusion where nothing really helps them like Jesus can help you. This church is not built upon some political foundation. This church is not built on some financial foundation. Although there are political things and there are financial things that do have to come our way. But this church is built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. And we are settled in what we believe and we're settled in who we know. And I made up my mind, nothing in this world is going to surprise me. I'm not going to be shaken by anything that comes in our world. I made up my mind, I'm living for Jesus. How about you? Oh, hallelujah.
Marvel not, he said, at the matter. Marvel not at the matter. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, John 3, and now verse 2. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? You see, he, was, he had been perverted with the gospel. He didn't quite understand what Jesus was talking about. He said that, so Jesus answered him and said, that which is born of the flesh is one thing. There's some today that want to believe that you're baptized by water of birth in your birth canal, but that's not what he's talking about. Some people want to refuse baptism because they say the birth of the water was when you were born and the water broke in the womb of your mother. That is not the biblical approach to this. That's not the biblical answer. Jesus said that which is born of flesh is one thing, but that which is born of the Spirit is quite yet another. Aren't you glad you've been born of the Spirit? Aren't you glad you've been born of the water and the Spirit? You've been baptized in Jesus' name according to the Scripture. Not one person was ever baptized any other way in the Bible except Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19. There may have been words, phrases, and titles other places, but nobody was ever baptized like Jesus wanted them baptized except the apostles' way, the apostolic way. Read the book of Acts and you'll find that Jesus' words were fulfilled in the apostles' words. And he said, except a man is buried of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot see nor enter the kingdom of God. Then he went on to say, and I like this because this is what I'm preaching today. He said, marvel not. Why would you be surprised that I say unto you, you must be born again. Don't be surprised. Here's where you should not be surprised. Understanding the world that we live in. He said, marvel not. This is John 5, 28. Marvel not at this. For the hour's coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice shall come forth. Do you believe in the resurrection? Well, four of you. You believe in the resurrection? I know it's hard to believe when they, today's world, and this may be a little, little, just bear with me a minute. They dig a hole. They put a container. They put a coffin. They put a top on it and they put six foot of dirt on it. And you may wonder how is a resurrection going to get past all of that? 
Well, let me tell you, it's not this old body that's going to be resurrected. It's the, it's the soul of man that's placed there that's going to be united together with the spirit that went back to God. And from that grave is going to come the exact image of who you were. For Job said, in my flesh I shall see God. I wish we were more excited about the resurrection because I'm telling you, we're on the brink of the coming of Jesus Christ. And yet people are just surprised that we even talk about it today. But he said, marvel not at this. The hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. I like that. And shall come forth they that have done good. And I might add before I go any farther, before you think about somebody that's bad. We're not good in our own self. Is anybody good in this house in your own merits? Or do you have the evil nature of mankind that you had to bury in the name of Jesus Christ and you rose in a resurrection of life? Oh, hallelujah. I know where I'm going and you don't. But I know where I'm going today. He said, don't marvel about the fact that they're going to come out of the grave. Don't be surprised when it happens. Now, you're not going to have much chance to be surprised because in the twinkling of an eye, we're going to be changed. We're coming up out of the grave. Oh, yeah. We're going to be joined together with our soul and our spirit, and we're going to have a brand new body. And somebody that's sick today ought to be shouting, I get a new body. Somebody in pain today needs to realize I'm getting a new body. My spirit has been reborn. My soul is redeemed. And I'm getting a new body. The world may be surprised, but not us. Marvel not at the matter, he said, to be filled with wonder or astonishment, to be stuck with surprise. We don't need to be surprised nor confused by the perverting of justice in our local governments or national affairs, for evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse. Government was ordained to protect the poor, but their perverting of justice and judgment causes us to be confused. There's no reason to lose confidence or trust in God when seeing his children sin. Don't marvel at that. We're failures, we're humans, but we have the blood of Jesus Christ. All you angels remain seated. I need his blood once in a while. I need the blood of Jesus once in a while. Don't be surprised if somebody falls into air. Pray for them. Mankind is going to fail, but Jesus is our overcoming power. Woo, I like that. Jesus is our overcoming power. We're not going to be saved by our own merits. We're going to be saved by his spirit, his word, his blood, his prayer. There's no worry, no fear, no reason to worry about the political events 
when we realize God is still in control. You need to forget about the idea that, well, why is this going on and why is that going on if God is God? The atheist says, and they think and argue, that there cannot be a God with so much evil in our world. They only argue against those that believe in gods of this world, that there is a sun god, a moon god, a star god, and those who believe that God is only good or only sees good, he's omnipresent, he's omnipotent, he knows and understands all of these arguments. If God, if, if a good God, if a God that is so good knows evil is happening all around us, why doesn't he stop it? There's no God, the atheist says. I want to tell the atheist today. In fact, somebody just sent me something the other day. One of the latest atheists, I guess, was proclaiming his atheism for many, many years. And on his deathbed, he called for a preacher. Isn't that amazing? That in life, they reject God. But in death, they want to hold on to him. That's why Jesus so marveled at the faith of some and marveled at the unbelief of others. I'm here to preach to you today. We should not cause God to marvel at our unbelief. What do you, what do you believe God can do? Or is it that you believe God can't do it? I'm not going to cause God to marvel at my unbelief. I'm going to believe him. I'm sure God marveled at the atheist that all of his life proclaimed that there was no God. The father of evolution is buried in a church, proclaimed atheism all of his life. It's taught in our schools today, but they don't tell you that the father of evolution is now buried in a church. You know why? He wanted just in case there's a rapture. I had a friend of mine, I worked for him. Danny McAllister would know him, Walt Monroe. He's gone on for his reward and his wife, good people. But he told me one day, he said, Leon, you go to church all the time. I just want you to know I really don't know whether there's a God, but I believe just in case. You can laugh. It's hilarious. I don't know whether there's a God, but I believe just in case. Well, I believe God, and there's no case about it. I believe him. I believe him. Hallelujah. So I wonder if God marvels at the atheist that turns and says, Now nah, uh, I'm about to die, God. Receive me. Swing low, sweet chariot. And he marvels at us who are not thinking about the coming of the Lord. Oh, I knew that would be quiet. 
I must go on and I must hurry. We shouldn't marvel at the existence of evil. We shouldn't marvel that men are in, they're just corrupt and depraved and selfish. We shouldn't marvel that God uses all this knowledge of evil for his own good. When you see evil uprising in our world and the trends of evil in our world, you know what you need to be doing? You need to be rejoicing because it's showing us that we're at the end of the world. I'm not AOC. Saying 12 years that we have left. In fact, I saw, and, and you can get mad at me if you want, but I saw a picture of her on Drudge. She's crying because motherhood now is slipping away from her because we only have 12 years left in this world. It's going to be destroyed. I'll tell you something about C-H-R-I-S-T that believes he's coming and he's right on time. And I'm not worried about 12 years down the road. We're going to take care of our earth, and I believe in all that. I'm a conservationist. I'm not an ecologist. But I do believe in taking care of our earth and doing things we can. And, and, but I can tell you this. I'm not sure we even have 12 years. The way the world is going, the way things are happening, I believe Jesus Christ could come right now. I wonder if God kind of marvels at AOC and says, look at there, she thinks the world's going to end in 12 years. That's better than some of my own saints. They don't think I'm ever coming back. They're living like I'm never coming back. We live our lives as if Jesus is never coming back. We attend church so slothfully that we don't even think he's coming back. But you know what I would love for Jesus to do, and I can't tell him what to do if he would. I, uh, anyway, I wish he had come right now. I wish he had come while we're worshiping him. I wish he would come while this church is in, in, infused with the power of the almighty God. I see, there, see, some of you don't want him to come yet. I remember the days before I drove a car. And I remember the conversations of some. I won't admit to it myself. Can't wait till I'm 16 to drive. Please don't come, God. Can't wait till I'm married, God, because I want to get married. To please don't come. Can't wait for that first paycheck. Can't wait for... What was it that you said to God? Wait a little longer, please, Jesus. I don't even like that song. Because the world's getting so bad, I'm saying, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. We get angered at the political and social and moral changes of our world. It causes us frustration. We, we should not be surprised by it. And yet we sometimes are so shook by it and so surprised. We shouldn't be surprised by it. Marvel not at this matter, he said. Don't marvel that Society, if a baby's born in an abortion clinic, that they lay the baby aside and discuss whether to let the baby live or die. Don't be surprised at that. And don't be surprised 
if your insurance doesn't cover you past 80 or 85 or 90 because I don't expect you and want you to live because it's on both sides of the spectrum. A baby is a nuisance to a mother, they say, and an old person is a nuisance to their family, so get rid of them. Don't marvel at that. That's where we're living. But I wonder if Jesus marvels in himself that we as a church are not recognizing all of this is putting us at the brink of the coming of the Lord. See, it, 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 you know why you're not shouting about that? You don't believe he's coming. Oh, yes, 12 years down the road. Join with AOC if you want. I want to be in this rapture today if he comes. I want to be ready for the coming of the Lord. I want to be ready for Jesus today. Come on, church. I know you believe this. I want to be ready for him today. The internet, the social media, all that goes on in our world, it lets us know immediately when tragedy hits around the world. 50 years ago, it took days to figure it all out. We get it immediately now. And so we get dismayed and we're surprised by what's happening. And I'm preaching to you today, we don't need to be surprised at the events of our world. The breakdown of authority that's caused by government has resulted in turning things upside down. Good is evil and evil is good. My, my, my. There's so much here. Let me, let me bounce to the book of Isaiah chapter 3 and verse 12. Isaiah 3 and 12. As for my people, children are their oppressors and women rule over them. And my people, they which lead thee, cause thee to err and destroy the way of thy paths. The Lord standeth up to plead and judge the people, if you could understand today, our world is upside down. Children are making decisions around the world. Young people are protesting around the world. And people are listening to ch children without weighing things that are biblical. I'm not upset at women and I'm not upset at children. There's a great place for women in the church. Paul had many women that were helps uh, and helpers of the church. And Aquila and Priscilla preached the gospel. I'm not putting women down. But I'm telling you, in our day today, children are disobedient to parents. We should not be surprised by that and say, oh, what are we going to do? I'll tell you what we do. We have a Christian school. We have a Sunday school. We have a youth department. We have an altar. We have a church in the midst of a world that's confused. We have a God. Hallelujah. His name is Jesus. Ecclesiastes 10 and 5. There is no evil which I have seen under the sun. There is an evil which I have seen under the sun as an heir which proceedeth from the ruler Folly is set upon great dignity, and the rich is set in low places. I have seen servants upon horses and princes walking as servants upon the earth. It's all upside down. The foundations of the world are out of course, Psalms 82 and 5. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. Don't be surprised, church. Solomon sub summarized human existence uh, in this sinful world that we live in. All is vanity and vexation of the spirit. The corruption of authority is one of life's vain vexations uh, of the spirit. But let this be our mantra today. Marvel not at the matter. Marvel not at the matter. I read to you again from John 5 and I'm closing 
Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear the voice. All shall be resurrected unto life or unto death. Do you really believe that you will not hear the voice now and expect to hear his voice then? Are you really saying that I'm not going to listen to the voice of God now, but I want to hear his voice in that day? He said, marvel not the hours coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. I'm preaching to you today, and I've got a burden in my heart, and I've got a close, but I've got a burden in my heart. If you're not going to listen to him today, don't expect to hear from him on that day. Marvel not. Don't be surprised when there's a resurrection if you're not going to listen to him today. Because, let's read Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. As it is appointed unto men once to die. But after this, the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin and the salvation. If you're not looking for him today, he won't show up when you think he's going to show up then. For them that look for him, oh, I wish I could preach today. I'm sorry I told you I'm going to close. Cancel that. To them that look for him. Are you looking for him? Oh, yeah. Twelve years down the road, where the world's going to come to. No, 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 no. No, no. Don't, 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 don't be surprised if it happens today. I wish, I wish we was a church that could really grasp. I would, I, let me retract all that. I wish I could really get a vision of the coming of the Lord. I wish I could really see him on the clouds of glory. I wish I could get a glimpse of him so much that I would not be surprised any day he comes. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 1. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord cometh as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Marvel not that the dead's going to hear the voice of God. He said it. And we won't listen today. We don't want to live for him today. We don't want to commit to him today. We don't want to be a Christian today. We're ashamed of him in an ungodly world today. While OLC is saying 12 years, what a prophet. False though. But I believe he's coming any moment. And he's coming as a thief. But he told the church, don't be surprised. Don't marvel. Marvel not at this matter. Don't be surprised if he comes before you walk out those doors right now. Because he's coming as a thief.
And if you think you have tomorrow, you're thinking of him as somebody that's just going to come somewhere down the road. I don't care when he comes. You better be prepared for him today. Our, our world is not prepared for him to come. They think they have the answers and they're hoping in the next election, the next investigation, the next hearing, the next thing that we can do. Not me. I don't care what they do. I'm going to vote because that's the last untaxed thing we have to do. I'm going to vote because that's the last untaxed thing I have to do. Some of you don't pay taxes, I can tell. But I know my God's in control. And I'm going to worship him today as if this is the last day of my life. And I'm going to live for him today as this is the last day of my life. I love him today because this could be the last day of my life. I could be taken out in a car accident. I just got back with Brother Martin. We traveled 300 miles without our wives helping us. Can you believe that? We made it safe and Martin never grabbed the wood. I could be taken out in a car accident today. Don't be surprised, he said. You need to live for Jesus like he's coming every moment of your day. You need to dress appropriately, talk appropriately, live appropriately, act appropriately as if God is coming at any moment in our lives. Stand with me because you don't want to hear what I'm going to say next. Jesus could come before we leave this building. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. And as we sing, those of you that have an affliction in your body and those of you that have a need in your body, would you make your way to the front right now? You need healing in your body, mind, soul, or spirit. Would you make your way to the front of this building today? And what I want you to do while you're here, I want you to believe God. And I want God... I don't want him to be surprised at our unbelief. I want him to be surprised at our faith. I want him to believe that we believe him. And as the ministry comes to lay hands on the sick today, can you believe him for what your healing? Because Jesus is in this place be today. When my Jesus.